Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Well, that's a bit more like it. Uh, Another Calgary Flames win to break down after a good performance from Calgary last night over Winnipeg. Welcome to Hockey Central at noon. Peter Klein, Logan Gordon with you today. One hour of hockey talk to kick off your Wednesday afternoon. Going to be very Flames heavy with a bit of Pittsburgh Penguins sprinkled in. Corey Sarich coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, we'll be hearing from Ron Hextall before the show is done. And we'll also want your texts at 960-960. But let's kick the show off with Peter Labardius. Flames Insider, Peter Labardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles reward miles. Visit geminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, uh, good afternoon, Mr. Labardius. How are you today, sir? And good afternoon to you. I am uh, just fine, thank you kindly. Good to hear as uh, we have a, another Calgary Flames victory to, to break down. And, and I thought much more complete effort from the, the Flames. And we, we talk about starting on time. They did that. There was a bit of pushback from Winnipeg. They handled that. I, I liked a lot of what I saw from the Flames. So what did you see from the 60-minute the effort from the Flames last night? Peter, I want to start with a bit of a movie reference and movie character today, if I can. Of course. Did you... Uh... Did you participate in the first viewing of Borat? I did, yes. Yeah, okay. So my uh, brother-in-law, Tim Anderson, who is a regular listener, he's pretty good at the uh, Borat impression. And when I think about the Calgary Flames last night against the Winnipeg Jets, great success. That's what I think. (laughs) Um, You know, to be serious about it, we've talked, Yesterday, think about what we broke down. We broke down the matchups. We broke down, you know, how gritty and hard the Flames had to play, compete, carry over good things from Edmonton. I'm not an architect. Um, I was terrible at drawing. I still am. But isn't that, Peter, the type of blueprint that you'd like to see or a standard for the Calgary Flames and how they want to go about their business? Uh, I, I liked a great deal of that game last night. In fact, there was very little I didn't like because you always have to credit your opponent, and that's a good opponent. That's a good, deep, they can play it very heavy. But I thought the Flames' best period, even though the score was 0-0, was in the first. I loved their pace. They generated chances. They played with physicality um, in a very well-officiated game where they let the players play, you know, I thought the Flames did an excellent, excellent job in so many areas, as per usual, outstanding goaltending, and a power play that had gone one for 13 against the Winnipeg Jets in the season series and then became one for 14. Elias Lindholm off Josh Morrissey, you know, in the last two minutes wins you a hockey game well-deserved. And I would actually say, Peter, the moral of the story for me is the Jets won a couple of hockey games in a row against the Flames, not because they overwhelmed them, but because their attention to detail, how they managed the game, how they were able to get into the guts of the game was better than the Flames. Last night, give the edge to Calgary. Full marks. Full marks. 
Yeah, not not a lot of passengers last night. Um, and nope. one of the, the one of the lines that was doing a lot of the driving was the the Michael Backlund line. And this is now back to back games where Backlund, Manjapani, and Lucic have seemed to to get going. Backlund looks like a different person. Um, but I, I think this is a real positive that the Flames can take from this. Is that Backlund line seems to be clicking now? Well, I love all the elements of it because Milan Lucic moving his feet gives you a big body presence. And not only that, what he also gives you in your own zone is a winger that plays in straight lines. He's available on the wall for breakout passes. Um, you know, he wins board battles down low, which can eliminate long offensive zone time for your opponent. And you're right. You know, Michael Backlund, the last couple of games has been in one word, superb. And then you've got plug-and-play on the other side who just Andrew Mangiapane, work, 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 work. And when you work the way he does and you win battles and in some cases have no business doing so, but, you know, he's, he's maybe not quite to the feisty nature of Brendan Gallagher, but there's some Brendan Gallagher in there because – you know, he never met a front-of-the-net opportunity that he didn't like either. Love his retrieval, good on the forecheck, you know, scores the tying goal. And trust me, Jeff Ward, their effort the last few games has not gone unnoticed. The one thing that they've been able to do the last few games is play a lot in the offensive zone. And so, you know, when you get a guy like Milan and, and Bax, who's a heavy player and Manji, you know, he's, you know, he gives you everything he's got. He's extremely competitive. I mean, when you have them rolling around in the offensive zone, it's hard, you know, it's hard on the opposition. And so uh, we like the fact that they're, uh, they're getting lots of ozone time, but at the same point in time, we feel like they're responsible defensively and they can do the job that way. Chatting with Peter Labardius, our Flames insider here on Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'm Peter Klein. He's Logan Gordon. Lou, uh, we've talked uh, a lot before the season and into the season that we've been, you know, on paper at least admiring the Flames' depth. I thought that the last few games and when they've made some switches to their fourth line, we've kind of seen that depth shine through when they're able to get contributions from all four lines, and that was pretty apparent with the, the phrase goal and how well they did uh, last night. It was. I'd start with an earlier chapter, Logan, and that is what you're starting to see before we get to that particular group, we're starting to see some consistency in the other groups. I, I have to, again, tip my cap to Sam Bennett. I, I thought last night might have been as good a game as he has played. thought that he was a driving force on that line with Monaghan and Gaudreau with his physicality, his great edge work. He got to the net. He made things happen, was a little unlucky. You know, the Lindholm line anchored by Elias Lindholm is, is a very, by and large, reliable group. And then Peter and I chatted about it yesterday when you thought about the Jets' depth. And knowing that the opponent, Logan, was different than what we saw in the Edmonton Oilers where – they rode the likes of McDavid and Dreisaitl in an 11-7 format. They would double shift them. Um, there wasn't as many opportunities to use the fourth group, but even getting back to the first period, you know, the Flames able to roll four lines, 
didn't give up a whole lot. In fact, you know, the phrase line utilized their minutes beautifully. They spent some time in the offensive zone. I reflect back to a really key shift in the third period. They were matched against the Shifley line at one point, held them deep in their own zone, which just always, you know, the game is like a puzzle. And the better that you set up the next group, it makes a real difference, and it also gives you some more advantageous matchups. But in the case of Byron Fraze, um, the story of the night for me. You know, hadn't played in the NHL since April of 2018 when he was a member of the Montreal Canadiens, has worked his tail off, went last year to Stockton, was the captain, Kale McLean, and anybody that has spent time with this young man knows what kind of a professional he is. He has great leadership qualities. And I got to tell you, it absolutely made me smile to see all that work, that belief to get back and be in this situation. That is not easy. And, and for me, I absolutely, in life, I love the bounce-back stories of people. And here was Byron on our post-game show just talking not only about the big goal, but his journey back to the National Hockey League. Talking to my wife, I never thought, you know, I, I almost thought about my uh, my last really meaningful game was in this barn with uh, Montreal, and I didn't uh, didn't want that to be my last game, obviously, in the NHL. But, um, you know, when you wait two years to get the chance, uh, you make sure you're ready when you get it. And um, that's what I'm trying to do here. I mean, um, obviously a little minutes the other night, but um, just getting more uh, comfortable out there, getting a little more time on the ice, and and feeling the game too. I mean, it's only two games back after um, having a year off. I, I do pull uh, for guys like that. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, in Edmonton, I had a chance to skate the extra guys uh, every day in, in, during the playoff. And, and he's the ultimate, he is the ultimate pro. He's just, uh, he's a pleasure to have around and, and you have a practice and he's the first in line and he works hard and he's asking questions. And uh, so he's the ultimate pro and he needed, he needed a chance and, and he got his chance now and he's, prove, he's proving that, uh, uh, that he's a good player and he's a reliable player. And that line right now with uh, Nordy and, and Josh on the right side, they're, they're, you know what, you put them out there, you don't worry. You know they're going to do the right things. And, and uh, for him to score a goal, I uh, was so happy for him uh, because he, he works so hard and, and deserves it. And uh, so I tap him in the back and say, how does that feel? He say, wow, it's been, it's been a long time since I scored a goal. So, so good for him. I think he was, uh, uh, I, I mean, he's well-deserved for him. The last Byron Frey's goal prior to last night, March 6th, 2018, in New Jersey against the Devils. And um, I was very lucky. I'm not a big golfer by any stretch like some other people on the radio station who love it and spend a lot of time. But, you know, I got an opportunity to interview Byron a couple times when he was playing in Red Deer. And then Andrew Walker and myself one day had an incredible round of golf with two terrific gentlemen by the name of Thomas Hickey and, and Byron Fraze. And, and Byron was, you know, just even on the golf course, a, a true gentleman, very respectful, um, could hit it about 3 million miles, by the way, which might not <laughs> surprise you. So um, I've really been cheering for this guy in many ways, even harder ever since. So that was uh, 
that was a great part of last night's win for the Calgary Flames. And we talk about how that depth and that backup scoring, and I think that when you look at it from a, a bigger perspective, you see when that Lucic, Manjapani back line that you and, and Mr. Klein talked about going in now this fourth line, when they're going, it gives the the other lines a chance to do their thing. And late in the game, we have that late power play. There's the Lindholms and the Kachucks, and they're just it just it just feels like it's able to flow better when you have everybody pulling on the rope, doesn't it? Well, well, it does, Logan, and in all aspects of the game, because I want to give a lot of credit. You know, not only to what we saw when you think about forwards, you know, production and depth and depth scoring. One of the most impressive things about how the Flames went about their business was how well they defended the house area. They did not allow very many grade-A opportunities, and they won board battles in their own zone. They managed the puck well, thought all six guys on defense outside of, you know, a shaky moment here and there, including a couple in the second period that, you know, led in one particular instance to a goal. That That's just... Logan, no, Peter said it, no passengers. There, there were no passengers last night. Everybody went out, did their job, matched up, hard matchups, gritty, physical, not easy to, to gain ice, keep ice. And, and the Flames laid, you know, put a standard on the ice. And now for them going forward, this is the type of standard, if they want to be a really successful team this season, that – you know, was it overwhelming? Absolutely not. But, you know, it shows when you involve everybody and everybody comes to the rank and in very simple terms, does their job well, you give yourself an opportunity. And and I can't imagine, I heard it after the game, whether it was Marty Jelena or listening to the head coach, those are, those are really good feeling nights for your team because – you know, it doesn't always go the way you want, but I guarantee you right now as they get set for a 1 o'clock practice, Logan, they'd be more than happy to put that game on the table darn near every night the rest of the way. A couple more here with our Flames insider, Peter Labardios on Hockey Central at noon. And, and Lubo, on the other side, I, I don't think that the Jets have a, a whole lot to hang their heads about for the, the performance they put out last night. I, I thought... Uh, everything we've said about the the Flames, you can kind of echo that for for Winnipeg, and just uh, a late penalty doesn't go their way. Calgary capitalizes. What did you see from a, a Jets team that we were quite focused on going into the matchup? Well, more of the same, more of the same. Um, I wondered what the addition of Pierre Luc Dubois would look like. You could tell he had been away from it for quite some time. He's going to get better. They'll arrive at better chemistry. I like the structure in their game and a couple of standouts for me last night. It's not hard to understand after watching him five times. Nikolai Ehlers is a force. The way he is creating offense, his speed makes plays. How about the shot that opens the scoring? Um, had it not been for Jacob Markstrom even going all the way back to a rare odd man scenario that the Flames gave up, you know, he could have had a hat trick in the game last night. Uh, I've really been impressed with the Jets, who are, you know, a, a bit of a, a nondescript, but they're a really steady, hard group on the back end. Give 
lot of credit to Derek Forbord. I, I think in many ways, size, good stick, good body position. He's really helped stabilize that top four. Pionk, good puck mover, always plays pretty well. That, that's the pairing in many ways that has really, really been impressive for me for the Jets. I just, I like their game. I, I think they have a lot of everything. They have high-end skill. They, they can play with grit physicality they have good goaltending it takes a really good effort more often than not to beat that group that's that's good hockey team yeah and I think that's another one of the reasons why I feel good about what the Flames did was because like that that's a tough team to to look good against and I don't think the Flames styled on them but Winnipeg can suffocate you pretty well if you're not out there with your working boots and so for the Flames to put out the effort we saw against that team that that kind of raises it up a little bit more for me if that makes sense well well it does I mean again this whole hit has been about you know blueprint standard you know building block however you want to describe it that's that's the type of hockey that this team is capable of playing and now it's about holding yourself up as as a group of players to that standard it's taken some time uh, you know I think they've started to build some chemistry in their groups I don't think anybody has had um, much of an issue with the six guys that they mark march out on defense so this has a chance to be a good hockey team when they and I know it's the most overused phrase sometimes in the sport but Get in the guts of the game, play the right way, compete your tail off, win battles, get to the net, make life miserable. That's the team that they played last night. And they not only matched it, they were a little better. They were a little better. And there's a reason, too, that, you know, it's 2-2-1, two, two, and one basically, in a five-game set. There's, there's not a lot to separate, and I'm excited – for the last four because you know they don't play again I don't believe until partway through March nearing nearing the end of March before they get together for some more games but now to see where these teams are both going to go between now and then and when they play right they're tough outs and uh, a couple of teams that they have their eyes on in the North Division facing each other tonight. Toronto facing uh, Montreal on Wednesday night hockey. Uh, so far, the, the standard bearers in the North Division, Lou, I feel like Toronto and Montreal. I could not be more excited for this game tonight. I'm, I'm imagining this will be appointment viewing for you as well. Yeah, get the uh, Orville Redenbachers light on the butter, <laughs> throw it in the microwave after the first period. Uh Really, really excited. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing at an incredibly high level. And, yes, you point all the time to skill. And Austin Matthews looks like he's going to score in every game. But just like what we saw in some great stretches, I've really enjoyed how committed the Toronto Maple Leafs have been away from the puck. And they can use their speed. In fact, when I think about the Pittsburgh Penguins winning two Stanley Cups back-to-back, as much as they were able to do it based on great skill, the way they hounded the puck and used their speed to get in on the forecheck, to take pucks back, retrieving pucks, 
the Leafs are playing at a high level, and then there's that Montreal group. You know, physical, in the trenches, hard to play against, can roll four lines. I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. And listen, it's it's great for the sport. Um, you know, I know that we talk in this country, and, and listen, it's not lost on me how much attention Toronto gets in particular and, and Montreal, but it's must-view watching for me if early in the season is any indication. Those are two really good teams, and they're going to square off tonight. Yeah, I can't wait. And then uh, a pretty important four-game set coming up for the the Flames. Again, I feel like we're talking baseball, but uh, maybe not. I mean, obviously for the Flames, but you like feels baseball? like a pretty. <laughs> I do. Yes, pretty. Big I fan. like baseball. I got you know we can go wherever we need to there. We don't have to yeah. talk about pitching. You know, <laughs> might have to talk about might have to talk about goalies, but I'll you know I'll, I'll leave that for you guys this afternoon to dig into. Well, whatever we talk about, it's going to be very important, I think, for Vancouver uh, when we, we break down this game tomorrow because this feels like a very important four-game stretch for our friends out on the West Coast. But, yes, Lou, enjoy the, the Orville Redenbacher. I don't know of this light on the butter thing you speak of, uh, but uh, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Neither do I, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm trying to fake. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Yeah, Wednesday Night Hockey is going to be a good one tonight with the Leafs and the Habs. Uh, coming up on Friday, we have Lou's Mailbag. You can send your question in. Sportsnet.ca slash 960. Tune in Fridays at noon to see if yours was answered. If it was, you're getting a $100 gift card to Roots Chris. Winners will be selected weekly until the end of the regular season. Brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, Calgary's best steakhouse located in the heart of downtown. Looking forward to celebrating with you again soon. Go Flames, go. We will continue the Flames discussion on the other side. We've been talking a lot about what kind of effort we want to see from the Calgary Flames. We'll see if last night was up to Corey Sarich's standards as we chat with the former Flames defenseman coming up next. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Continuing our breakdown of a 3-2 Flames win over the Winnipeg Jets from last night, we go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to welcome in former Calgary Flames defenseman Corey Sarich. Corey, how are you today, sir? Uh, Doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Doing well. That was a, a fun one last night as uh, the Flames pick up a win, a late goal. There was dramatics. It felt like both teams bought in, which is quite important for the one team we focus here. Um, let, let, let's start with the Flames and let's start with that buy-in. We've talked a lot about the effort we want to see from the Flames. Was that there for you from Calgary last night? Yeah, definitely. Um, again, both teams played a very good game last night. That That game could have gone either way, but just from the get-go, the Flames seemed to have some jump. They were fully committed. Um, I used the word urgency. They were ready to go, and they did just all the little things right. Like, they were physical early, which left an impression. It really caused the Winnipeg Jets to turn some pucks over. I don't think Winnipeg handled Calgary's pressure very well, and that continued throughout the game. Um, like Johnny Goudreau last night, um, just in and digging and doing more doing more in the dirty little areas. We've been talking about it all year. 
Um, and then you're getting some performances from guys like Michael Backlund, who maybe started the season a little slow, um, really picking up his play and, and taking off, as well as as well as just kind of throughout the whole lineup. It was a full team effort last night. How important is it to get rewarded on those types of efforts? And just like looking individually, Manjapani gets to the front of the net and scores. Byron Fraze wins a battle in front, gets a, a deflection and scores. And like you said, there was that urgency and that physical play, and the Flames end up getting rewarded with that for a win. How important is it for a group to see, okay, we did the things that we were supposed to do, and we got a win for it? It's, that, it's fantastic. I mean, just the last couple of games to to have things more things go right than wrong um that's that builds confidence i don't care who you talk to people could try to play it down or sugarcoat it but the end result is the win and when you do all those good things and you don't get a win yeah it's good because you're trending in the right way but ultimately it's the win that that caps it all off so um it it was nice to see that the flames were able to stick stick to it there was a small portion of that game in the second period where they were reverting a little bit back to some of the things that have got them in trouble, but they made progress. It was only a small portion of the game last night. It wasn't like a first period from the game before where it's a full 20 minutes where they're reeling. And again, a sign of progress. So uh, lots of great things from last night's game. Speaking of progress, it seems like we've seen that from Michael Backlund um, from uh, from that line. When Manjapani joins him, Lucic gets bumped up to that group. It feels like that line is clicking right now. What are you seeing from the, the Backlund-Manjapani-Lucic line? Well, they're feeding off of each other. I think uh, actually all three, maybe maybe besides Manjapani, will, will maybe take him off the, of the start of the season list, but they all look just a little out of sorts, trying to find their identity, trying to find some chemistry with other other teammates. And they've seemed to have found it just within the last couple of games with each other. Uh, you've got Lucic, who's been very physical. Um, Backstrom's picked up his physical play. And just Bax is so effective when he's loose in his own end and then it trans, it's transitioned to offense. He, he is He's actually great at it. If you saw a couple of the plays last night, his toe drag out of his own end because he goes with confidence. And when you see that come back in his game, it enters his skating. Uh, it enters his offensive decision-making. He, he'll usually do the first thing, which is usually the right thing rather than hang on to it for too long, looking for too much. And then Mangiapane has just been a, a nice compliment. He's gone to the dirty areas as well. That, that team or that line has really got some grit, which is impressive. And they kind of imposed their will the last couple of games upon the other teams and you know the rest of the flames can can have a look and i think they have and and kind of follow suit chatting with Corey sarich here on hockey central and noon on sportsnet 960 the fan i'm peter klein he's logan gordon Corey, what is it uh with flames players who wear number six and that uh getting that seeing eye shot through and never actually getting the goal <laughs> but always picking up the a instead uh val Mackey's getting pretty good at that uh, little seeing eye shot into the slot yeah, he's had a couple of games in a row where he's found some found some sticks. He's made some good decisions on the blue line, on the offensive blue line, as far as when to shoot. And getting pucks past that screen is, is so important, even if you miss the net a little bit. But being able to find one of your teammates and find sticks, it's an, it's an important part of the game. And I like his offensive side of the game. I think, I think the decisions actually come easier there for him than defensively. 
Um, he had a little bit of a tough read last night on on the goal that was scored in the second period. Uh, I believe it was the Ellers goal. Well, he had two two in that period, but the one where they gave up the two on one chance or the um, oh shoot, I'm tripping all over my words here. Anyways, just on the Ellers goal, could have made a little better decision um, in the middle of the ice. But again, he's it, he's showing signs of progress. His play, for the most part, has been on the upside. He's done more good things than bad things, and that's that's what you want out of a young young player who's who's learning. I think you mentioned it uh, on a couple of those two on ones. We see uh, Lindholm left at the line covering up for for Geo, and he makes a a pinch on probably a fifty fifty puck there, and it winds up in the back of their net. That's just uh, I don't even want to say that's a learning process. That's just a part of the game when there's an offensive player there making that read from the blue line that he's not used to, right? That's just something that's going to happen. Yeah, and even even in, in that second period, there was a few of them. There was Valimaki with a tough read. There was uh, Rasmus Anderson. I don't know if it was the second or third. I believe it was maybe even the third period that had a, a tough pinch. And and that happens. It's, it's a quick game. You have to be committed when you're going to go down that wall and get to pucks. Uh, but for the most part, the Flames did a pretty good job of covering up. It, it, it got them in a little bit of trouble. It did give the Jets some outnumbered, outnumbered opportunities. But um, how about Markstrom and some of those saves? I thought, I thought the pivotal moment was the save on Ellers in the second period. It was about at the 10-minute mark. If he doesn't make that save on that outnumbered rush, that, that could have broke the Calgary Flames. Well, and he's just been he's been so consistently good, and it's been remarkable. And, and Klein, I think you're probably in the same boat as me here. To like, don't get me wrong, I I thought it was going to be a successful signing from the beginning, but Corey, we go through all the audio and we listen to it every day here at the station. The guys around in you know ten eleven games into the season are gushing about how hard this guy works, the communication he has with his defensive core and the day-to-day, and he's just been able to come in from day one. He looks like he's always been the starter here. He doesn't look like he's missed a beat in a weird season. He's just been a rock since day one. You you hit the nail on the head there, Logan. Like He hasn't done anything not to impress or anything to shoot himself in the foot. He's just been, he's been such a backbone for the Calgary Flames. And well, the thing that caught me... By surprise, I didn't realize how good of a puck handling goaltender he is. Like you get to see him play a few times throughout the year, but now getting getting him to getting to see him play most times night in and night out. I mean, very impressed and very impressed with his decision making. Yeah, he's going to get caught like every other goalie does every now and then. That happens, but is that ever an ease for defensemen? I mean, these Calgary Flames have experienced Mike Smith not long ago and his puck handling skills. Dave Riddick has worked on his, but Markstrom, I'm that's one part of his game I'm super impressed with. Chatting with Corey Sarich here on Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, one more flame who I want you to, to touch on here is Sam Bennett. Obviously, the, the center of a lot of attention out here in Calgary, but I, I thought uh, another one of those players, and, and look, we could list every player as guy who had a good night, uh, but I, I thought another good night for Sam Bennett last night. Yeah, and it, it didn't translate on the score sheet, but man, he had a he had a bunch of chances, partial breakaways, chances in tight on the net. Um, I thought he made some good reads and managed the puck well of making passes to his teammates, dumping pucks to get them back. Th- that's the sign of a player 
that's doing the right things and eventually will translate onto the score sheet. And just to see his, his little bit of chemistry with um, Goudreau and Monaghan, I don't think he took away, he's been taking away from them. I think he's been, you know, giving more on that line than, than maybe has been expected. And they seem to have a little bit of chemistry. I, like I said, if you can find someone in on that line to go really do the heavy, heavy work and the, and the digging, why not? Why not Sam Bennett? So I appreciate too. He's in a tough situation and it's easy to drag your lip and not make the most of it and give your team every reason to go out and move you and get rid of you. And he's, he's showing that he's a true pro and I'm, I'm really impressed with the way he's applied himself in these last two games. Uh, last one for you, just on the, the Winnipeg Jets. You, your note that, that you have for us was, where's Wheeler? And there was actually a moment where he touched the puck. I think it was in the second period. And I kind of had a, oh, right, Wheeler. Like, he, he just, he was very quiet in that game. And that kind of felt like the game that he would, the type of game that he would thrive in. Um, I know he's getting a, a lot of attention in the Winnipeg media right now, but uh, didn't notice him a whole lot last night. Just doesn't look like himself, like, his physical play and his, his hunger and intensity, like that's, that's always been the most consistent thing in his game. And then points come and go. And he's, he's not the most offensively gifted guy out there, but he, he sure is above average. And usually just his hard work, hard work translates to goals, especially in the dirty areas. And I'm with you, Peter, like I didn't almost recognize that he was on the ice until the third period, a couple, couple times late in the game when, uh, Winnipeg had some offensive opportunities. I heard his name um, when they were down a goal trying to tie the game. But other than that, man, it just it can't be for your captain to kind of be invisible like that. And I feel like we haven't seen anything anything from him in all the other matchups with the Flames and Jets this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a big chunk of change sitting on a, on their their cap sheet right now. They really need to get going. Because um, this this North Division isn't going to get easier as it goes along. Uh, Corey, this was fun today, man. Thank you for this, and uh, we'll chat in a couple days as the Flames start a four gamer with Vancouver. And my last comment, we didn't quite get to touch on it, but uh, I think those Vancouver Canucks are missing number twenty-five, not between being between <laughs> their pipes. So good on the Calgary Flames. Good heads-up decision there. Yeah, that. It look like we, we can get into this more on, on Friday after the, the game on Thursday, but it looks like it's going in the exact wrong direction in Vancouver right now. I love it. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Uh, there is Corey Sarich on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline uh, with a, a bit of a dig at the Canucks at the end of that. I like that one. Um, yeah, that's going to be a, a fun series coming up. Uh, this one starting on Thursday. Uh, again, the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Now open for limited dining service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza past the steaks and ribs since 1975 at 6060 Memorial Drive in the Northeast. The Pittsburgh Penguins stole the headlines yesterday with their new front office. We will hear from Ron Hextall coming up next. <laughs> Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Penguins are one of the marquee franchises in the National Hockey League, and they will continue to be that as long as they have Sidney Crosby. But the direction that franchise is going 
is a very interesting one. As Ron Hextall and Brian Burke take over in the front office for Pittsburgh, they have some key decisions to make over the next 18 months. The man who is in charge of those decisions, Ron Hextall, joined the boys out on Hockey Central at noon in Toronto earlier today. First off, congratulations. Uh, it's great to see you back in the uh, in the big chair in the NHL. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I must admit here in Ron Hextall, general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, sounds a little, a little different. I must, I must admit. <laughs> well, okay. So here, okay, I wanted to get to this eventually, but since you already hinted at it, uh, let's go there. Um, there are two Philadelphia Flyers running the team. Berkey, of course, played with the Maine Mariners farm team for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And, of course, we think of Ron Hextall and Consumite Trophy winner, great Philadelphia Flyers goaltender. I'm sure that that conversation has been had somewhere amongst management in Pittsburgh. Wow, we've got two Flyers guys running the team here. Yeah, I actually wondered if that was going to be a, a little bit of a roadblock there uh, with them. It, it certainly wasn't going to be for me, and in the end, obviously, it wasn't. So I was, I was happy about that. Mario was very quick to remind me that I actually knocked four of his teeth out way back in the day. And, oh no, this this probably isn't going real well right now. So I had to get him to, to remind me of how it happened. It was actually on a follow through. <laughs> Excuse me. He accepted the blame for it, so it was pretty pretty funny. I got to say, there aren't too many people on earth who've knocked out four of Mario Lemieux's teeth and don't remember how it happened. That's pretty unique. Yeah, uh, not real, not real proud of that one. I did not know about that one. That's hilarious. When he told me, I said, you know what? I think I do remember actually on a follow through, and, and uh, but I didn't know I knocked any of his teeth out. That's too funny. <laughs> Terrible. So. So you take over the role now and you head into uh, a team with obviously some established superstars that has had a lot of uh, success and not that far back. I guess the question is just, where do you start? Uh, you know, we've seen some other people go to organizations and, and, you know, sort of take things in for a while before making moves. What's your plan with this team? Yeah, no, that's the, certainly the best. Uh, you, you, you think you know a team, you think you know an organization, but until you get right in there, you don't know it. So, we're working right now to, to get me inside the bubble there and, you know, get to work and start communicating with the coaches and the staff around there. Um, so I look forward to, to getting up there and uh, getting in the bubble there and, and getting going. But, you know, we feel like we, we have a good team, um, very good team. And But, you know, in the end, the team's going to dictate kind of the types of moves that, that we're looking. We don't necessarily have a one plan right now you know you think about certain things that could happen and this could go you know a couple of ways so hoping to you know we're going to make make this team the best we can make it this year and then we'll kind of go from there i'm curious what an interview with mario lemieux is like he is one of the more enigmatic owners out there we don't hear a lot I and mean, he's a pretty quiet guy there's not a lot of you know, there's not a lot of mario lemieux press conferences he sort of shies away from all of it and yet he's one of if maybe not the greatest player to ever play the game what's an interview with him like um it, it was good i mean we were uh we got on, there's two of us on as an interview with three of them and the uh, two of, we were waiting for uh, Ron Burkle there and uh, we were just kind of small talking about the old days and stuff. It was, it's kind of neat to, I'm, I'm not a big, you know, kind of look at the past thing, but when you're sitting there with a guy that you played against, it's always nice to kind of reminisce a little bit and 
I don't know. I think I mentioned something about the the uh, they blew us out in the playoffs, and I think I mentioned that game after he said something about me knocking his teeth out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got the best of him once, and I guess he got the best of me the other time. <laughs> How does the uh, relationship with Brian Burke work? Uh, I, I, I read that you had uh, had your job first, and then they kind of went to you after, after about adding Brian Burke. Well, what's the dynamic going to be like within the organization there? Well, f- first of all, if you asked me if if I could be the GM and, and not have Brian there, um, I would say my choice would be to have Brian there. So I'm I'm extremely happy to have him on board. He's got a wealth of experience, and just to have someone around um, to help you to take things off your plate, to bounce things off, you know, there's a lot of things that come across your desk in a day, and, you know, even not even necessarily the trades or the free agent stuff, just the, the day-to-day managing that happens and how you run a, a scouting staff and how many people you have and who oversees who and there's a lot of decisions to make. And the one thing I know about the Penguins organization, uh, they're very well run. So we're not going to go in there and, and blow things up. I, I I know firsthand that I will learn things going in there the way they do things. Maybe we're better than some of the ways that I did things. In other areas, you're gonna you're gonna tweak and and make them more conducive to the way that you think you can work efficiently. So um, I'm I'm excited to to get in there. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Jimmy Rutherford. He was my idol when I was a child growing up in in Pittsburgh watching my dad play. He's been very, very good to me over the years, um, and he did a terrific job with um, with the Penguins. So certainly, wish Jimmy, wish Jimmy the best. And goalies make the best GMs, right, Ron? <laughs> I. I, I tend not to want to admit that I was a goalie. Those guys are those guys are different. <laughs> well, I am curious because you mentioned Jim, and and he was you know the netminder of the Pittsburgh Penguins when your dad was was playing with the Pens. A much uh, different time. But how much would your dad ever talk to you about playing with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, I mean, my dad's a Penguin to to this day. I mean, that's he 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 played in, in uh, Pittsburgh for I think five or six years Atlanta for a couple and then split, yeah. split his last year Detroit Minneapolis so he, he he he's a penguin I mean it's just the way he is and it was actually hard for him when I got drafted by Philly and then I started playing and he would come down and you know Clarkie and Dave Schultz and Don Seleski and Gary Dornhoff and all those guys there he was a little he was a little uncomfortable and I'm like dad just just relax and uh so he, he had a little bit of a hard time coming over to the other side and and he did but he's he's right back he's a pen now <laughs> <laughs> that's great when um you know being in the media i'm able to look at the current flyers team and say boy ron hextall had a lot to do why with why that is a very good hockey team i wonder how you feel about the flyers these days when you look at them if you feel some validation in their success if it helped you get this job or just where you're left on the philadelphia flyers yeah, it, it, I mean it's a great question. Um, I'm 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 proud of the work we did when we were there. We we worked hard. Um, you know, we took over an older team that was, you know, a good team, but not not we didn't believe a contender at the time. And salary cap problems, and I know what was coming up. If we didn't get rid of some of the salaries, we were going to have to we were going to have to move Braden Shannon, Sean Couturier. So 
Uh, we needed to move some salary uh, within a year or two, and we were able to do it and keep the the younger players that we had at the time and, uh, you know, build what they have today. So we're, you know, I'm proud of the job we did. And um, certainly that was my first opportunity as a general manager. And quite frankly, I appreciate the fact that I had an opportunity. Um, you take over the chair, as you mentioned, from Jim Rutherford, now the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you mentioned the Philadelphia Flyers, a great Keystone State rivalry. Um, I, I, I am curious about one player specifically, and that's Sidney Crosby. And Elliot and I talked to Berkey last night in our podcast, and I said, so Berkey, uh, what's the first order of business for you? And he said, it goes like this. Number one, call Sidney Crosby. Number two, call Sidney Crosby. Number three, call Sidney Crosby. Uh, what are your orders of business, and, and have you talked to Crosby already? Uh, I, I have talked to him, um, and I'll, I'll sit down with him once I get inside the bubble there back and and settled in there's a lot going on right now so uh my three things were you know talk to to the coach obviously sully and and um sid um and just get a try to get a feel from from sully how things are going and what's good what's bad and it was you know sully and i talked for a while i mean he's obviously the the best guy right now to talk to. And then you got Patrick, assistant GM, who I talked to at length yesterday as well. So starting to kind of get some, some ideas and get a feel for, for the group. But in saying that, I got a, I got a lot of work to do to get familiar with things and, and as does Berkey. So hopefully we can get in there soon and, and start working with the, the coaches and the players and the rest of the staff. Uh, Ron, is there a moment when you get a new GM job and where there's like a presidential briefing and they're like, here's what you want to know. Now that you have the job, uh, Malkin punched Crosby in the chin on Tuesday. Uh, this guy hates that guy. Is there like a moment where you get a flood of information? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's some dynamics in every team. There's there's no doubt about it. And, of course, you hear dynamics, whether you interview for a job or you're talking to the other manager. Uh, every team's, you know, got – things that, that go on that you have to you have to manage but actually I think things are from what I hear they're pretty clean right now in Pitt so I'm excited about that and as I said it's a very well run organization so it's not like you go in there and blow everything up it's you know watch your people and keep people in place and, and see how they do and, and make decisions as you go along so that's you know everybody would be evaluation period for everybody obviously um, but but everything I hear about the staff and the crew there is pretty good. So there's Ron Hextall with the uh, the crew out in Toronto as he takes over the general manager position for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to do it for Hockey Central at noon today. If you missed Corey Sarich or Peter Labardius, the interviews will be up on sportsnet.ca slash 960. As we head into the big show, we continue to break down a performance from the Flames that we want to see more of. <laughs> Just give us more of that, please. We'll, we'll talk about that and uh, maybe a couple tweaks we'd like to see the Flames make as we start the big show with myself and Logan Gordon coming up next.